I'm Lindsay Wilson, and this is Business of Glam, the podcast where we discuss business, beauty, building your best life, and everything in between. On this episode of Business of Glam, we flip the tables a little bit and have our producer, Serena Linnae, step out from behind the scenes to interview your host, Lindsay Wilson. We hope that you enjoy getting to know the Queen of Glam a little bit more. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to interview the Queen of Glam. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for doing this. Oh, of course. I've been dying to make my podcast debut. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get started. I think everyone is dying to know how you got started in the beauty industry, and was it always a passion for you? So I think that like my entire life, I've always been obsessed with beauty. I think it started when I was three years old, and my icon was Cindy Lauper. Love that. For all of the young people out yes. there, girls just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always like styling my hair to look like Cindy Lauper. I was like dressing up in different clothes. Aww. Like I had... I had a whole situation. So I was always obsessed with like beauty and fashion. Like my mom has this really funny story of one time she wanted me to go outside and play. And I grew up outside of St. Louis. So it was really hot and humid. And I was like, it's too hot. I don't want to. I'm just going to play with my Barbies inside. (laughs) And so she was like, next thing you knew, I saw you. I was like washing dishes. Yes, people used to wash dishes like at the sink. And she had a window right above it. And she was like, I looked outside and I saw you because I had a major crush on my brother's best friend that lived in the neighborhood. Oh, of course. Chad. (laughs) Chad. Of course his name is Chad. (laughs) His name was Chad. And I was obsessed with him. And he was like outside playing with my brother and I put on a long sleeve dress. So it was too hot for me to play outside, but I put on a long sleeve dress with ruffled socks and patent leather shoes and was twirling a parasol around the backyard. Peacocking. (laughs) I was just out for a nice little stroll (laughs) of the backyard. So I always loved like dressing up and beauty and fashion so I think it started I like came out of the womb that way um but then so I went to college I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist so I was a psychology major in college and then like two years into school I decided that I wanted to leave I was obsessed with my hairdresser I loved her so much her name was Robin and like my mom used to let me skip school okay. to like go and get my hair done. What? Your mom sounds so cool. <laughs> Listen, the blonde life was my <laughs> life from a very young age. Not anymore. But um, so I would like skip school and like go and hang out with Robin during the day. And I was like, they seem so cool. Like they just they're having so much fun. Everybody in the salon loves each other. They drink Diet Coke and smoke cigarettes. Oh, I mean, it was the 90s. Yeah. So everybody smokes cigarettes. Yeah, that makes sense. Drink Diet Coke. But still, how cool. (laughs) I was like, this looks like a really fun job. And then she started her own salon and had left like being behind a chair and working for somebody. And so obviously I followed her and um, thank God also for my mom that she like would pay to go get my hair done. I know. An angel. I was like, I I tried box color. (laughs) 
as a teenager and oh I like would come up with like green hair and like oh, all no. sorts of terrible colors so she was like listen we're just paying it for it to be professionally yeah, done so the special. fact that I like got to skip school and like go get my hair done thank you mom That's awesome. <laughs> thank you for starting my habit <laughs> very early on um and so I decided that I wanted to drop out of college and go to beauty school and my parents were like, you'll hate it. There's no way you're going to like this. Like, stay in school. Don't. You're you're going to hate going to cosmetology school. And I was like, no, I'm not. This is my passion. I was, like, built for this. Are you like, just, like, new? So I went to school and turns out my parents were right. Oh. And I hated it. <laughs> I'm, like, too much of a perfectionist and I could never get past that. So it was, like, so stressful for me to, like create the perfect look for somebody so I but I loved the aspect of everything and I loved everybody that I like went to school with and I like I loved what our day in and day out was and I remember saying in beauty school I'm never gonna do hair but one day I'll own a salon Mm -hmm. okay so I manifested that very long ago and um but I I was hard-headed and I wouldn't tell my parents how much I hated school you wouldn't so I would cry like every morning before but I got my hours in I got my licensure I was just like I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna prove to them that they were not right and (laughs) I knew what was best for me right so I mean it's been a joke for many years that my parents were like we always paid for beauty school for you to get a discount on shampoo and conditioner. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to call you out like that. <laughs> I know. I was like always called out on it. So I always kind of had in the back of my mind that one day I would own a hair salon. Um, but I kind of jumped around. So I, if you want the full, not to give like the biggest, longest story of this, but I moved to Colorado and I was like freshly licensed, hadn't really worked in a salon. I like worked in a men's salon back in St. Louis right after graduating school, which was like so hard. Oh gosh. Like the hardest thing that I could choose to go into yeah, was like men cutting so men's hair. Yes. You know, you just smooth them a little and <laughs> they're fine. But um, like all of my friends were going off and doing apprenticeships and like working with like top salons and they were like, why, why don't you want to do this? You're so great at it. And I was like, I just, it's not what I want to do on my day in and day out. I just can't do this. So I moved to Colorado. I got a job at a franchise that like specialized in men's hair, mm-hmm. but I had to wear like wind pants and a t-shirt every day what are wind pants you know like the adidas like snap-ups oh oh I can't see you in those and I cried my first day of work <laughs> I bet. and I called my dad and I was like I cannot do this oh my God. and he was like what are you talking about you need a job I'm not paying your bills anymore you like you got to get out and work and I was like I cannot wear wind pants to work <laughs> And take myself seriously in my my life. I was like, I swear to you, if you pay my bills one more month, I will get a job. I swear to God. So I got a job at Nordstrom. And I did makeup at Nordstrom for 
three or four years. And I think that I learned so much about like customer service and like relating to the client and like learning a lot about a different, a lot of different product lines. Um, and then I moved to Vegas for a very short stint, moved back to Colorado and did salon furnishings for a company out here. So I was like helping remodel salons and like selling stations and different things. Mm -hmm. And anybody that knows me knows I'm a terrible person to measure anything. (laughs) So it was a very hard job for me. And I was like, this, I also cannot do this. Like I was really great at selling people on a salon like buying their stuff from us, like their new chairs and their stations. But I literally would call my dad every day and I was like, if you have so many square feet and this model is this size, how many could you fit into the space? <laughs> you called him to do the measurements. <laughs> so my dad did like all of, my dad like worked with me. He was oh my, my co-worker gosh. on all of it. And I was like, this is not a job for me. I have got to find something else to do, which then landed me in plastic surgery. So I went into the plastic surgery industry and I worked for the same doctor for seven years. And then I got the seven year itch and I was like, I'm ready to do something different and out on my own and ready to like move on out of this industry and I thought of a couple different things I looked at franchising something and then my dad looked at me one day and said you know that you can create this concept all on your own and not pay franchise fees was that like scary when he said that to you kind of because you're like oh I never thought of doing it like on my own Listen, my mom and dad are very great at like instilling the fear, but also like really encouraging to like do your own thing and like make your own happening. So I was like, you're right. I don't know why I would pay a franchise fee for this. And then like I'm trapped into all of their like terms and conditions and I can only do services that they want me to do. And so I was like, you're right. I can create this concept. So that's how Glamour Bar was born. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) But it feels like everything that you experience in every job that you have kind of like prepared you for the role of like owning your own salon. I learned a lot in plastic surgery about owning your own business and I mean, we've talked a lot about like a possible recession or if we're in a recession or what that means. And I saw him through 2008. And so I feel like I learned a lot about what it was to like own your own small business, the sacrifices that you have to make. And I think I knew that I could do something on my own. I've always been a worker bee Mm -hmm. and like I love to work and work a lot, but so I was like, why am I doing this for somebody else? I could just like do it for myself. Right. You can make yourself rich. Yes. Absolutely. So who is your biggest inspiration, would you say? Oh, I have so many different inspirations. I mean, and I think that it like changes depending on like kind of what I'm needing mm-hmm. in the moment. So um, like in business... You know my obsession with Deepak right now. Right. I'm and like, Oprah. And Oprah. 
I was like, she is the queen <laughs> to me. She is the queen. So I'm like, Oprah is amazing to me. I think that like, when I think about podcasting, like every thing that I ever think about is based on Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> that is such a good <laughs> podcast. Super Soul podcast. I'm like, it's everything to me. Like she is so incredible. Um, Deepak, I think, is, like, really great for, like, the spiritual, like, mental well-being. Richard Branson is somebody that I, like, really admire in, like, the business industry. And, like, listening to podcasts that he's done, I think it's very interesting. Like, his take, he started so many different businesses and his kind of feelings on it are, like, you do feel like you start, like, you've created a business baby. Right. And... It becomes very emotional to you, but that's not the best way to be in business is to have something that's like overly emotional. And so his whole take on it is the more businesses you have, you don't care if one fails. You don't care if one's doing great. So it's always creating that next new chapter. Oh my gosh, I love that. So kind of stemming from that, with like who motivates you so how do you stay motivated and like how do you stay like inspired I think something that I've recently learned and again you and I have had this conversation is that like taking a step back and not just like pushing through and working through everything and like being in there day in and day out I think like being out with friends with family like kind of inspires you to like think of the next great thing like I do think that I have like a little entrepreneurial spirit that I'm always like thinking of the next thing that I could do or like what a great business idea that would be um so I think like being able to like have that downtime with other people outside of the industry helps me stay motivated and helps me think of other ideas that actually inspire me in business so the the downtime is actually like helping me like move forward in like the business realm um but then I also do a lot of other things like I try to meditate every day I use an app I try to go to sleep I try to keep like with that app and try to keep a regular schedule and like wake up at the same time every day what time do you wake up at listen that 4 a.m like <laughs> entrepreneur like I'm just gonna say it fuck off yeah, uh, nobody ooh, wakes up at 4 a.m that's insane I will tell you there have been times that I've woken up at 4 a.m and there is something about that hour mm. that is like very quiet you know that you're not gonna hear from anybody else and that you can really take a moment out to be by yourself so I see why it, it could be beneficial it is the time yeah. that it is but I I like to stay up too late at night to be waking up at 4 a.m. every day. So I'm a 7 a.m. girl. Okay. So I do 7 a.m. even on my, like, even on a Sunday. Like, a day that I'm not, like, necessarily having to go into work. My alarm is set for 7 a.m. seven days a week. Wow. Okay. I feel like that makes sense. I mean, I think a lot of people are realizing the importance of, like, work-life balance and, like, you can't just be stuck in the salon all the time we're not a robot no we're not meant to work and I like encourage 
anybody that works for me to like get out and take trips and go out and experience the world because I think that's just how we all get burnt out when we feel like we can't have a balance between the two totally so what was the best advice that someone gave you when you were first starting glamour bar um my realtor told me I thought okay I'm stubborn by nature I can't like help myself I'm just like a hardhead and I was like I have it so budgeted out I know exactly how much money I need and this is gonna be so easy oh my god and my realtor looked at me and he said just so you know it's gonna take twice as long and cost you twice as much money than you anticipate oh my gosh and I was like you are insane you clearly haven't met me before. I'm like going to accomplish all of this like so fast. You're like, I'll show you. I'm going to show you. Well, he showed <laughs> me and he was accurate. Oh, I gosh. paid double the amount of money and it took me twice as long as I thought it was going to be. So I think that's a a good piece of advice of like just knowing to like have patience is like what that taught me is that not everything does happen overnight not everything is as easy as you plan out to be because to put pen to paper and to create a plan it's not actual reality and that there's like ebbs and flows that happen and to ride those ebbs and flows but know that at the end of it it'll all work out totally well speaking of ebbs and flows so obviously corona hit a lot of businesses really hard um, how did it affect Glamour Bar? Well, I think we were closed for two months and not able to see anybody. Um, I think as a business owner, especially like new and fresh into starting a new concept, they say that it takes five years to build a business, which is totally accurate. And I was like seeing it at like year four to four and a half where they're like making profit we're like getting to where like we like to be on the top of the successful chain and then COVID hit we had to close for two months so obviously that kind of derailed our plan that we had for 2020 um and I think as business owners you you are constantly thinking about the ways that you're gonna fail at least I did. No, that makes sense. <laughs> and so you're constantly thinking about like, how am I going to make payroll? How am I going to make rent? How's this going to work out for me? I'm going to have to close my business. I remember saying in one episode in season one about the whole mantra I had to myself the first year of business is one in eight businesses fail within the first year. And it was like the thing that I kept saying to myself that I was like, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to keep going like no matter what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I was like, wow, I thought of everything under the sun, but I did not anticipate a pandemic. I don't think anybody anticipated (laughs) a global pandemic. (laughs) So clearly the pandemic did hit. And I think just as a business owner, I was just like, Wow, I thought of everything except for this one like caveat that's going to actually like shut my business down. And obviously it was very serious and a lot of people like are dealing with things on an emotional level and losing people and we all had to be inside for multiple times and like lose our social aspect with each other. Um 
So I think it was hard on many levels. I think that I'm a silver lining person. So instead of focusing on like the fact that we're having to rebuild business from ground up Mm -hmm. because you have the ebb and flow of like different variants coming in and like people being scared or people being ill or like all of those different like layers that it took to like come back into business. Um, But I think that like the silver lining of it is, is that it made us realize like how precious life is and how much being with your friends and family and how like work doesn't define us in that there's a lot of different avenues that make us who we are and that we need to like make time and schedule that because it's very easy to get into the hustle Mm -hmm. and not focus on those other things or not have time for those other things. So I think having a little time out and a pause like was good for me in the end of like being able to recognize that like I don't want to work seven days a week from sun up to sundown. Right. Who does? I don't want to have to wake up at 4 a.m. <laughs> to have the time that I need. I want to wake up at 7 a.m. And I'm still trying to, um, I only wake up at 7 a.m. So that way I have the time for the things that I want to have in my life. So I want to have some meditation time. I want to have time to sit and have coffee and relax and enjoy And I get the 4 a.m. mindset because of that. Because you have to have some quiet time before you start your day. Mm -hmm. And I think that it just made it very apparent during our whole timeout period that we, like, there are other important things than money and working so hard and letting that be our identity. Oh, absolutely. Like, in other countries, it's like, what you do for work is not your identity, it's just like what you do. It's just like here. <laughs> here it's an identity. <laughs> it, it is your identity. And it's very hard. And you're so afraid to fail. And so I was always terrified of like failing and closing my business. Right. And then to have it just taken away from you. And you have no other choice but to close your business. And to let it all go. It was kind of therapeutic in a way. Right. Like made you like force you to take a look at your personal life. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not happy in your personal life, like that's going to bleed into your business for sure. 100%. So having gone through all that and now you're on what year six or year seven? We'll be seven in September. Okay. So we'll be on year seven. Have your goals for the business shifted and like how have they shifted since you started and like now? I think it's always an ebb and flow. (laughs) I think when I first started, my ultimate end goal was to franchise Glamour Bar. Mm -hmm. And to franchise it out and have like two or three locations for myself. And then to franchise it out and help other people start it. And I think that I'm kind of taking a little pause from COVID. I like don't know if I want to take more on in the service industry right now and then like learning the different rules and all of the different states and like trying to navigate that um so it's kind of shifted a little and I've realized that like my downtime is very important to me and that I need to make time for it um 
So right now, I think that the focus is on rebuilding and getting us where, getting Glamour Bar exactly where it was before pandemic hit mm-hmm. and accomplishing that and then being able to decide once we're kind of steady in that department that where the next steps are for that business. Well, okay. So like... If you could fast forward into your life five years, where would you ultimately want to be with your business and with your personal life? That is a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think the five-year plans always like vary. I think that it is a post-COVID situation that I like don't think that far ahead anymore. I've like really tried to be in the present and just really focus on where that is. Um, I mean, obviously, like, I want to rebuild Glamour Bar. Like, when we went into pandemic, we had nine stylists working in the salon. Oh, wow. And had a lot more um, contract employees as well. And so I was kind of managing all of that. And then when we came back post-pandemic, we were only allowed six people per space, Oh my gosh. So I could only bring, and that included clients as well and front desk. So it wasn't just staff. So I really had to shift the business mindset and like try to survive it. So I think that I want to get out of survival mode before I like make a solid five-year plan. But I mean, obviously I would love to see Glamour Bar in a lot of different places. I would love Business of Glam to be something that people listen to and feel inspired by. I would love to see like that kind of be the future where I can kind of step back out of the management position and be able to be more of a creative. Yeah, that would be awesome. I uh, One other point, like I think like for you, Serena does not only Business of Glam, producing and editing but she gets to have like a creative outlet of doing lash extensions doing skincare doing services on people and having a one-to-one and I think sometimes that's a little bit what I lack whenever I'm just doing the management role in Glamour Bar is that I don't really get to have that creative directive because I don't provide services for people and being able to like be less in the day-to-day of like what it needs to take to manage a salon and be able to like be more creative and connect to people like one-on-one no I totally get that I feel like whenever I'm doing like lashes or makeup I'm like in my flow and it doesn't feel like work and I honestly I could go into work super tired and leave work like fully energized Mm -hmm. just because I do have like that outlet so, yes, I want that for you. <laughs> you need to get started on your candle-making business. I know. Or, like, your scrapbook thing. <laughs> you do always have multiple ideas for businesses. <laughs> it's, like, nonstop. So, one episode, one day we're going to do is something on a thing called human design. Yes. And whenever I did my human design reading last year, they were like, you're somebody that's, like, always thinking of something And some of those ideas are for you and some of those ideas are meant for other people. And so I am always constantly like thinking of how people's businesses could be better or like what a business outlet could be. 
It's like a weird. No, that's amazing. I mean, I used to keep a running list of businesses that I wanted to start. And then I was like, I cannot do like, listen, I'm not Richard Branson yet. I cannot (laughs) do 17,000 businesses. I don't have enough people behind me to like make this happen. But one one day day, I'm going to have a finger in every one of those jars because I, it's just the way that literally my brain works is that I'm always thinking of other little ideas. That's amazing. So what else are you really into right now? Like you're into human design. I know you're kind of like into astrology. What else? Yes, for everybody out there, I am that girl that you're going to (laughs) take on a first date and she's going to ask you what sign you are. And don't you get it twisted. I'm looking you up and I'm finding out our compatibility. And I will judge you on it. Um, So I do love astrology. I love tarot card readings. Steve. I love human design. <laughs> Listen, Steve's love tarot <laughs> on YouTube is like maybe my favorite pastime in my downtime. Um, but like other things, I mean, I've done everything. I've done every type of therapy that's out there. I've done every type of psychic that you could ever imagine. I feel like I'm always looking more into that like spiritual realm and just like learning more about it because I think it's just very interesting and I like want to know more. I think that there's more of like how we're all made up and that I like want to more learn more about the energy that like creates each environment that we're in and each person that we have like a connection with. Oh my gosh, yes. I feel like since meeting you, I've gotten so much more into astrology and now I'm also addicted to Steve's Love Tarot. Like, I don't listen to him as much now that I have a boyfriend, but I'm he's never still amazing. Steve up. <laughs> I don't care if I meet the love of my life tomorrow. I'm not giving you up, Steve. He's, he's amazing. He I'm, makes me smile. He makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> um, But I also love, like, I make these really ridiculous. This is like my weird hobby that like I don't tell anybody really about. Oh my God. But I l- love vision books. Ooh. And I like will literally sit and like listen the OCD like runs deep. I'm like recovering <laughs> control freak. I like organize the pictures out of magazines and it's like something about like my childhood that like comes out in me of being able to create and collage and like put things together and so it started from a book it's on the shelf behind you it's abundance abundance do you see it that one simple abundance so this is where this habit stemmed from and I like have not been able to give it up from simple abundance so they kind of make you gather things for a month and they Mm -hmm. have different categories and then you create a vision book of like where you want your life to be like what just interests you out of like nowhere and like you have no idea why you even want to clip it and put it into your vision book and so it was this whole project and it's been going on for a year now and like the addiction's real like I have so many scrapbooks that are like all collaged together and I have like different avenues of like all the different homes that I want to have I want to have all of all my love life (laughs) 
I got a book for it. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so whenever you don't hear from me and I'm just sitting on my couch watching Real Housewives, I'm just sitting on my couch like clipping things and putting them together in vision books. I love that. And honestly, I, that makes so much sense because I feel like all the videos that I watch about manifestation are always saying like that you need to like have something visual, like something to look at, like your goals, like in an image so that you can, you can, what's the word I'm looking for? So you can, so you can envision it. So you can envision it. (laughs) You can make that shit happen. Yes. Yes. So I like will go back and look at old vision books and be like, oh, that's where I was in the moment. So I think like with life, there's different focuses that we have. So if it's, I mean, they're always like a collage of a bunch of different things. So whether it's like home stuff or if it's business related or where I want to see my future. It's all like this whole collage, but like you can tell like certain books, like where I was mm-hmm. and my mentality of like, It's very laser business focused. And there's like two wedding pages. (laughs) And then there's some that are all wedding and like two home photos. Like, so it just like ebbs and flows. And I have so many of them. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. But it like created this whole like new little busy habit that Mm -hmm. I get to decompress. And it's something like fun and creative for me to do. Yeah, that's your creative outlet. It's my creative outlet right now. I love that. So speaking of creative outlets, um, how are you liking the reels that we've been doing together? <laughs> Those are creative. Serena has sarcasm in her voice because <laughs> um, I really hate doing them. I think that it really attributes to me being like baby number four out of my family of five that I don't really like the attention on me I like want it to be about everything else and just me in the background um it's fine I'm gonna (laughs) continue to do them no everybody loves them and listen you are the face of your business I think people love seeing you because like they connect you to to glamour bar Serena really takes me out of my comfort zone (laughs) I do. All of the time. <laughs> and she's like, this is what I had envisioned for our reel that I would like you to do. And I'm like, this is so dumb. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever wants to see me do these no, types of things. No, everybody loves them. But I get it. It's like the new generation or whatever. Yes. that Everybody wants to see it. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll create a reel. So I think that like it's part of business ownership is like, constantly being taken out of your comfort zone and being able to just embrace different things that are trending or are kind of the new greatest things that you should be doing to like build social media presence to build um education around products as silly as they might feel when we might be doing them but And poor Serena has to, you don't even want to know how many outtakes are (laughs) happening behind the scenes. That's normal. We all have outtakes like that. I have outtakes for my own videos like that. But you have the best wardrobe 
for reals. Can I just say? Like, I think it goes back to my Cindy Lauper days. I've always loved a good dress up. So it's the only thing that keeps me going on these reels is that I get to just wear ridiculous things that I've added to my wardrobe collection that I've like haven't been able to wear out in public. But I think it's always constantly that battle of like pushing yourself against like whenever I wanted to start a podcast I was like I've always hated the sound of my own voice what no I love your voice and I'm like ew who wants to listen but it's like taking yourself out of your own ego and your own situation and just like having fun with it and like putting yourself out there totally what other challenging things have you faced like just in the business I think starting the business, the biggest first challenge that I, I think it's, there's a lot of challenges and I think it's always just like getting over that next like hill or mountain that you feel like is coming up. I mean, I remember when we were first starting, I was first starting Glamour Bar, that construction felt so hard and so complicated to like figure out and to like not have change orders and all of these terms that I had like never really quite understood Mm. and I'm like I'm sorry what did you say that that took my budget to like no that's not like what I meant to have happen and I mean as a girl that's like always rented an apartment and like has never really built anything from ground up it was a challenge to like work in that realm and not really know what you're doing but to portray that you do know what you're doing so you're not taken advantage of so I think a little bit of the fake it until you make it totally worked well for me I mean and then I think as any small business owner gets I mean employing people is a challenge and it's not only finding the right people for your business that like work amongst your company culture and like fit in and then building a team that works well together Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have a salon where people I mean I think that everybody whenever I say that I own a salon it's like oh everybody's so catty and it's so much drama and everybody and I'm like we really don't have that and like it's shutting it down when it first happens or like trying to figure out like the best ways to like stay true to your company culture like from the beginning and like what you want to have as that dynamic between a team Mm -hmm. um so I think that there's many different like layers and challenges whenever you're starting a business for the first time and you kind of meet them head on and maybe have no idea how you're going to get through them and like I just always say like trust your gut and do what like feels best to you and you might screw up along the way and not get it and have to like redirect somewhere along the line but it's kind of like getting there in the first place and making a decision and being able to know that you can like turn around and not it just because your business was the way it was in the first place doesn't mean that you can't change it at some point in time totally 
So like, what was your vision for like your workplace culture when you when you began? Because I mean, not to like toot my own horn or anything, but I feel like I don't. I feel like the team that we have now is really awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, like we get along so well. Like we all really love each other. We don't ever like really have any issues. But like, did you have an idea in mind for like the culture at your salon when you started? When I first wanted to start the salon, my concept was to be able to have everything under one roof. As I can't think of a better word besides a really bad word to say, but um, like I've just always been very into having beauty services done. Mm -hmm. So to drive around town and find parking and to like have to deal with all of those things. I wanted somewhere that you could go and have trust that you can get everything done under one roof and kind of have a VIP service and Mm -hmm. be able to like have wine with your girlfriends or have events there and be able to like have kind of like a glam industrial so it fits a little bit of everybody's like Vibe. motif. Yeah. But like comfortable. Like I want people to feel like they're literally walking into my home. And yeah. I feel like that though. <laughs> when I walk into Glamour Bar, I'm like, yeah, this is totally Lindsay. Like this is Lindsay. I want people to feel like they're walking into my house. So I'm going to offer you something to drink. I'm going to like make you feel comfortable. And I want everybody to leave with that kind of experience. Well, I feel like we're doing that. I feel like the team that we have now is so incredible. Not that I haven't had incredible teams in the past, but it's the most true authentic to like the vision that I like had for it because I think that I'm better at gauging. Like people will be like, how do you do your interview process? Or this interview was so fast. I was like, I can literally determine in five minutes of meeting somebody if they will fit in or not. Totally. And maybe sometimes I question a little bit, but I know to trust my gut now versus before. I think every small business owner can kind of relate to this in some way, shape, or form. That like when you first start your business and it feels so raw raw and vulnerable that you're like, oh my God, you want to work for me? Oh my God, <laughs> like I'll do anything to have you work. And you like will literally accept, it's kind of like in a dating world. You're just like, oh my God, you think I'm pretty? Yes, come in. <laughs> like work here, be, be my partner. And it's like not everybody fits in that category. And so it's like learning those red flags or just like, who will fit and who won't fit and trusting that. And so there is no perfect answer for me whenever people are like, how do you interview? I'm like, I just can tell when somebody walks in off of their energy, off of like how I feel about that. Like it's just a, it's a feeling is where I've gotten to. Well, I love that. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing because I love everyone that we work with and I don't know. Yeah, I just love coming to work. I don't ever have like, like dread coming to the salon. So thank you for creating Uh, that environment. Of course. I'm so happy that you feel that way. I do. So when you were first starting Glamour Bar, how did you decide on the name? Okay, this is going to be like a funny story of how this name actually came about. 
So I had a bunch of different names and I was like playing off of different terms and my girlfriend's daughter we were driving her to cheer camp mm-hmm. and I was like I want it something glamour but like I don't want it to feel like too intense that like if you're not a super glamorous like glam girl that like you still feel comfortable there and I like want to serve drinks and I want to do x y and z and like I'm throwing out different names to them that I had come up with and out of nowhere, my girlfriend's daughter in the back seat was like, why don't you just call it Glamour Bar? What? <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> so she took everything that we were saying and she simplified it. Wow. And I was like, it's kind of just a good lesson that like we get into our heads and we start to overthink things. Right. And you think of like all of these different like how would it be shortened and how would it be X, Y, and Z? And like you just get into your head about everything and you kind of miss the small, simple things yeah, that just work and flow. That's so true. We do do that. But I love that you stuck with that name. And is that what inspired like the actual bar in the salon is the name? I already knew that I wanted to do like wine and drinks in the salon. Okay. So, so you already knew there was going to be a bar area. I already had kind of determined that that was going to be like a step into it. But so I don't even, I have to go back in my notes. Yes, I am like a note taker. Like if, it, <laughs> if it's not written down, not like typed into my phone, I'm like a paper and pen kind of person. And so I have all of the old business names that like I ever thought of. for glamour bar and so I was just like literally like bouncing them off of a friend and her daughter in the backseat is like okay idiots it's just should be called glamour bar (laughs) I was like oh yeah that actually works (laughs) so it's just kind of I guess simplifying things sometimes yeah totally well I love that she was able to send you in the right direction with the name same Well, what else did you have to do when you were first starting? Like, how did you start the business like from scratch? So I kind of felt like the universe was pushing me into having this as my next chapter. So leaving plastic surgery after seven years, I just felt like we were going, we just had two different visions. And at the end of the day, it's his vision for his business that Mm -hmm. he has. And just, we weren't eye to eye on it and so I knew that I needed to move on and start a new chapter so I knew that it was either I go into another plastic surgery office and I manage another practice or I like try to start something new and I think that I had the seven year itch enough that I knew that I wanted to create and develop something on my own and so While I was transitioning in plastic surgery, um, I had a a friend of a friend that like literally sent me a message. So I had looked at starting a franchise with some other girlfriends and we were all going to kind of invest together and let me run and manage it. But they were going to like financially support it, obviously. Mm -hmm. 
and I had some money saved up and a 401k that I was willing to cash out and was like, okay, I, I could do this, but I needed help of others. And then I was like, do I really want business partners? How do I determine like, how do we all work together? Because obviously if they're putting money into it, they're going to have to like make some financial decisions and some business decisions. Mm -hmm. And I decided I'm not that great at compromising (laughs) with people. And whenever I feel like something is the right direction, I wanted to be able to take that avenue and take a chance on it and be able to screw up if it's a screw up and like redirect or to like just be able to like decide on my own what was right for the business. So I had a friend of a friend. So I didn't have to go through a bank. I didn't have to do any of those things. She literally reached out to me. She heard another girlfriend of mine had gone to happy hour and had said, Lindsay's thinking about starting her own business and she has this really great concept, but like she needs the money to start it and she had the means to do it and she reached out and said I love helping other women start businesses and I will do your business loan for you so you don't have to go through a bank and it just like organically happened so she was like can you bring me your business plan on Monday and we'll meet this was like Friday night at like 10 o'clock at night and All weekend long, I googled how to create a business plan and to write it and put it together. And I did it and met with her on Monday. And she was like, I want to invest in, I like want to give you a business loan. And I want to make your dream a reality. Oh my gosh, that is insane. You just like googled how to write a a business plan. (laughs) I I wrote it in like two days. I did. You were meant to have the salon. I literally remember like staying two days in my apartment and not leaving and writing this business plan. Oh my god that is incredible. It was a lot of Google (laughs) (laughs) and then just like ad-libbing off of that and just trying to figure it out from there because a lot of the business plan is I mean, I, I'm not an accounting girl. I know that I should be harder on this, but it's like projections for the year mm. and like being able to say, like, I'm just like, it doesn't make sense to me because it's just made up numbers. Right. They're not it's real. Just, so I have to deal in fact. And so that was kind of a little bit of what the business plan was made up of, but mm-hmm. It was really inspiring to have somebody that believed in me and that wanted to see my dream come become a reality and that wanted to give me a loan to be able to do it. And then I was like, am I insane? This is insane. <laughs> and I shouldn't do this. And I should like literally have financial security as like a single girl and like am I really just gonna say fuck it and like throw myself out into this like business entrepreneurship that I have I know nothing about I know enough to be dangerous but like I don't know what I'm doing right and I have no security blanket I don't have a partner that's gonna help me 
survive things or to like pay bills you know the the reality of things yeah but I was like but I feel like the universe is pushing me into this and I feel like I can't fail right so I just have to go for it and fuck it if I fail and I have to like start over and like go get a job I'll start over and go get a job right but at least you tried Oh my god, that's so inspiring. And I'm so glad that like you didn't end up going with the other business partners because the first salon that I started at had three owners. And to say it was a little messy would be an understatement. I feel like it's just messy when you have different people like putting in different ideas. It's hard to especially manage people. Mm-hmm. Like it's different if it's like a, a liquor company or so, you know, something that it's like less involved in people. Mm-hmm. I think that like the salon industry is very much like a customer service and making sure that like your employees or stop like feel comfortable and that you're like dealing with an individual and not one thing fits all. Yeah. And you had, like, your own vision for the salon. Like, I can't imagine, like, three or four people or whoever is owning the salon trying to get all of their visions in and, like, butting heads against each other. Like, yes. that would be a nightmare. So the universe aligned me with my fairy godmother yes. that, like, came in and said, you don't have to go to a bank. You don't have to figure it out. We're going to figure it out together. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Okay. So final question, I think, leading from that. Do you have any advice for new business owners, like people who want to start a business or a salon? I think my biggest piece of advice would be patience. And like being able to be patient enough to like see everything work out because there's a lot of lessons that you have to learn along the way. And until you learn those lessons you don't necessarily get how to get to the next chapter. And so I think it's like the patience of like, when will I be profitable? When will I like have the right staff? When will I, you know, be able to step away from the business and be able to be more on the outside and just come in as needed? Um, So I think patience is a huge factor. And Like, I remember I have a friend that her grandfather started a big franchise that everybody knows, but I'm not going to call him out. So, (laughs) um, and we got to have, like, a chance to sit down with him Mm -hmm. and ask him questions about how he started this very successful business and how it started from the ground up and learn about all of the things that he like went through. And I remember at the end of his discussion, one of my girlfriends looked at me and said, you're franchising Glamour Bar. I already know it. This is what your future is. And I was like, that is ultimately what my goal is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then we were having drinks afterwards and I got to like have a little one-on-one with him and he was like oh my gosh you're coming up into five years like I can see it this is where it gets easy and it's just gonna be easy and you're just gonna like figure it out and you're gonna like be profitable and you're gonna and I think that when people say it takes five years to build a business it really honestly does 
But I think also within that five years, you grow and learn so much as a business owner that it does become easier because you know what you'll put up with and what you won't put up with and you know how to put out fires and you know how to deal with situations that are happening in front of you. So it's just like also experience that makes it so much easier. So buckle in and like wait your five years and if it happens before that, amazing. If it happens at five years and you have a global pandemic that hits your door and you have to start over, keep on going and like do whatever it takes to like keep trucking along and figure it out step by step. Because I think every day in business ownership, you're hit with something new that you don't necessarily know exactly the right way to handle But the longer that you're in business, it becomes easier to not be affected. I remember when we first started, it was like so personal to me anytime somebody said something. And now I I don't really care. (laughs) Now I'm like And you shouldn't. I'm like, oh, sorry about your experience. Okay. But like before I was like, oh my God, that's so devastating to me. So I think that you like get a little bit of a hard shell and you realize that it is really just a business and it's not so personal. I love that. Final, final question. Are there any like books or like podcasts or like resources that you recommend to someone starting a business? Okay, well, listen, my podcast recommendation always will be Super Soul. Okay, Super Soul. (laughs) I mean, it's my end all be all. In everything in life. So I think that it's important to find things that like ground you and like take you out of the experience and to like find a spiritual side of things and like taking time for yourself and like even if it's 10 minutes of meditation or if it's reading a book or listening to a podcast and going for a walk it like really helps ground you and helps you like know that there's more than just your business totally you have a whole life yes also oh. i would recommend business of glam yeah the business of glam podcast. season one i'm sure it has a lot of good episodes yes about that um and then i mean for me it was less about business books than it was about like the spiritual aspect that i was like trying to connect with for myself Mm -hmm. and for kind of the creation and culture of the salon. So, um, I mean, I've read a lot of really great business books, but nothing is like sticking out to me. I think it's just like figuring out who you are and like being able to stick true to it and Mm -hmm. being able to stay true to what your vision is. And even if that needs to kind of take some turns and some different things, like the whole COVID thing of like, I pivoted my business. I was like, I swear to God, if I hear pivot my business one more time, I'm going to like pivot this. (laughs) I was just like, I can't pivot anymore. And so it's like, oh, we're constantly always going in a redirection. So Mm -hmm. it's whether your staff brings up to you that like, this isn't working and we need to do something different. 
an employee is not working out, a service isn't working out. I think you're constantly always redirecting and being able to figure out like the next step for you. So it's not being, it's being dedicated to your vision, but it's also being able to see like where your vision might need to take a little turn and being able to to turn it when it needs to. Yeah, being adaptable, flexible, trusting your gut. Trust that gut. I love it. I can't wait for our episode <laughs> on uh, manifestation and astrology, but thank you so much for taking the time yes. out of your busy schedule to let me interview you. Oh my gosh, thank you for interviewing me uh, and stepping uh, out behind the camera yeah, this and is microphone. very uncomfortable for me, you guys. So <laughs> I feel your pain now. Listen, I had to torture her a little <laughs> bit for all of the reels that she's making me do in my life. So <laughs> thank you. Though. Yes, of course. Okay, so follow us on Instagram. We have Instagram a Facebook and page. Facebook. And be on the lookout for our next episode. Yes. And if you're in Denver, come and see us at Glamour Bar. Yes. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.